Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Man, great to see you guys this morning. I want to say thank you for all those who are joining us online. We appreciate you. We have such a faithful, faithful audience online. Uh, we have a whole nother church online, so I want to say thank you and good morning to each of you as well. Hey, uh, if you were here Wednesday night, um, this past Wednesday night, we had a night of praise. Man, what a great crowd. My goodness. Sorry, I just realized we're full. <laughs> uh, hey, we were here Wednesday night for a night of praise. Uh, started at six o'clock. We had a big crowd for that. So I want to thank you. If you were here, praise you for being here. Thank you so much. And I want to give a little love to a group of people that don't get a lot of love, and that's our worship team. Uh, my goodness, man. So we started Wednesday night at six o'clock, meaning they got here at five o'clock and every one of them works. So they had to leave work and come here. And you might be saying, well, pastor, that's what they get paid to do. Well, let me give you some news. We don't pay one of them. They don't get a penny from us. That's the ultimate volunteering. And they bring us to the throne every week, man, that great worship. So can we give some love to a great worship team, man? Amen. Amen. Man, they're, they're wonderful. They're second to none, and I'm telling you, they're, they're, a, they're a huge part of what we do. So if you see them individually scattered throughout the church, just say thank you to them. And if you're not sure you thank them, thank them again, all right? You can't thank them enough, amen. So hey, grab your word. If you haven't been with us, we are in a series called The Fight of Your Life. If you're at home joining us, grab your word, uh, please, wherever you are. Ephesians chapter six is the text. Uh, today, we're in 13, uh, but I don't want to go quite to 13 yet because we've got a little bit of work to do before we get there. Uh, I want to begin each week reading, starting in verse 10. Verse 10 is the, uh, it's kind of where it all begins, okay? Uh, it's called the armor of God. Eventually, we will get to the armor. That's what everybody loves. That starts next week, uh, if you're counting, all right? But next week, we'll get to the armor. But I want to begin in verse 10 of chapter six in Ephesians. So go to your word, Ephesians chapter six, verse 10. And if you're at home, grab us, grab your word as well. I'll follow at the bottom of the screen. Verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, what, I wanna help you with something. I wanna, I wanna help you how you study scripture a little bit, okay? So anytime you see words, especially like finally, if you're going to use the word finally, as Paul does here to start verse 10, if you're gonna say Finally, like if you've been talking to somebody and you say, and finally, let me say something to you. 
you better have said something of substance before that because you ain't got no business saying finally if you ain't said anything. Amen? So if you're going to say finally, you had to say something before. So you want to go and look, what he say before? So the verse, first five chapters of Ephesians, if you haven't already read it, go back and read what he tries to do, what he's setting up uh, in Ephesians 1 through 5. Then he gets into verse 10, he makes his statement, finally. Because what he's saying is, what I've been trying to get you ready for is now here. Finally. You got to get to finally, okay? So then he goes in and he says, finally, be strong in the Lord. And we started this series and I said this, absolutely the most important statement in this text is in the Lord. Why in the world do you need to worry about armor if you're not saved? What are you going to do with it? I mean, seriously. In the Lord means I'm not with the Lord. Like you can come to church with the Lord and be with the Lord. But just because you come to church doesn't mean you're in the Lord. The only way to be in the Lord is to be saved, to be born again, to be redeemed. Because you were once buried with Christ in baptism. Now you're raised to walk, what? A new life. Just as Jesus was he died on the cross, and they stuck him in the tomb, and three days later, they, he rose again. That's the same thing that happens to you and me when we're born again. We die to self, old nature, okay? We, we are buried at scriptural baptism. We are buried. When we get saved, we, we, we invite Jesus to come into our lives. He becomes a new creation. We seal that by the outward expression of an inward change, and that's baptism. So you come out of the water signifying what? I've been covered by the blood. I'm new. I'm a new creation. You got to be in Christ first. If you're here today and you're not born again, that is the most important thing you've got to answer. Am I really born again? Have I been saved? Am I in Christ? I'm going to encourage you. Do not leave here if you don't know the answer to that question. You gotta seal that deal. So if you're born again, he says, you're in the Lord. Now walk in what? His mighty power. He said, what's his mighty power? We talked about it. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the dynamite. It's what he gave the church, okay? It's the church's dynamite. It's your engine. It's your fuel. It gets you octane, all right? It makes you go. You say, well, I thought I got the Holy Spirit when I got saved. You did. It's your guarantee. It's your deposit guaranteeing your inheritance in the Lord. Yes, you did. But listen to me. He says, Paul says over and over again in his text that you got to keep in what? Step with the Spirit. You got to be filled with the Spirit. If you got it all then, then why in the world you need to be filled now? He says over and over again, you be filled daily with the Lord. Every day you say, God, Help me to die to self, be filled with your power, with your spirit. Be less of me, more of you. I decrease, you increase. Because if you don't have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, that's his mighty power, that's his mighty strength, guess what? You can't do verse 11. So what's verse 11? We know that this, what? Against the schemes of the devil. Listen to me, the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you 
gives you his eyes and his ears. You can see the schemes of the devil, you can hear the schemes of the devil, and you won't fall for the schemes of the devil. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit living in you daily, guess what you do? You walk around naked, you're not seeing it, you're gonna walk right into it. You're gonna hear something and, it, and you're gonna think, wow, I wonder if that's true. Uh, I'm sorry, what did the Holy Spirit say? Uh, I don't know. That's what you ask. Jesus, what are you saying about this? Because listen to me, if man can, if man can talk you into it, another man can talk you out of it. Amen? Listen, if I, I'm with the Lord, not in the Lord, then I'm really not, what, in the Lord. I've just been talked, I've been talked into it by man to be with God. Somebody told me to go to church. Somebody told me I need to read my Bible. Well, somebody else can come around and say, you don't have to go to church. Going to church don't mean nothing. Just a bunch of hypocrites. You don't have to read the Bible. You don't really have to read the Bible. Oh, really? My parents told me I had to read the Bible. You don't have to read the Bible? I don't even want to read the Bible. If man can talk you into something, man can talk you out of that. But let me say something. If God talked you into it, mm, he pours concrete on it. And you can't be talked out of it by nobody. Listen, once you're in Christ, you're in Christ. Ain't no change in that. Jesus became the word and dwelt among us. He's the bread of life. That ain't gonna change. That ain't gonna change. You can fall for the devil's schemes. Are there schemes out there, my friend? Hmm. Some of those schemes are masquerading as an angel of light. They look good for you. The name that they stick on it may go, well, that's a good name. That's a sweet little name. That's a precious name. That must be good for me. <laughs> that ain't either. They're just dressing it up so you'll buy it. I'm gonna tell you something. American people can justify just about anything, amen? Woo, we're a master at justification. Listen, if they gave it a bad name, it'd be easy to distinguish. So the bad names don't work anymore, so now they scheme them up and give them good names and pretty names and safe names. Do you know what I mean? If you listen to it long enough, you're gonna think it's truth. Why? Because if man can talk you into it, man can talk you out of it. You gotta say, God, what do you say about this? I don't wanna fall for schemes. You know the old scheme in marriage is grass always greener on the other side of the fence. All right, if that's true, then you need to water more. You need a new sprinkler. You don't have enough, uh, you, you, your water's weak, dude. You need to drill another well or something because if you water your side, it'll be as green as that side. That side didn't get green just, just by somebody's, boy, I wish you was green. You gotta water something to make it green. If that's gonna grow over there, it'll grow over here. There are schemes out there. They'll dress them up and dance them around, put music to them and what? To sell them to you. Don't fall for those. You gotta be in the Lord and in his mighty power walking in the Holy Spirit every day or you'll fall for it. Verse 12, he says this, we learned last week, we're in a battle. Anybody doubt we're in a battle? Woo, my goodness, we're in a battle. We're in a battle, but not against flesh and blood, my friend. Listen, we are in an absolute battle, okay? We're in a battle. You gotta know you're in a battle. The way to win in a battle is you gotta be in Christ, walking in his spirit, not falling for his schemes, okay? He says, listen, you're in a battle. You're not, it's not against flesh and blood. No, it's not. It's not one-on-one. -on -one. It's like if you're married, it's not her against you or you against her. That's what the enemy wants you to think. 
That's what the scheme is. So you'll buy into that. You'll think you live with the enemy. Don't use those words. That will not go well, okay? All right? Listen to me. They're not the enemy. The enemy is not other people. The enemy is the schemes and the dark and the evil that's out there. Listen, there was a day and time where bad things happened, okay, in America. Today is not things of bad things are happening. Today is when evil is happening. Listen, it's jumped from bad days and bad things to evil, demonic things. The things that you're seeing is not bad anymore. Woo, they have ramped up. They're just flat out evil. You ever sit in your home, watch the news and go, what in the heck? What country is this? I don't even recognize our country. I don't recognize it right now. There are parts of the United States of America that look like a mission field. Have y'all, do you, I mean, I personally go, is that, you serious? That's happening in our nation? That happened in our nation? One nation under God? And God we trust? Is that our nation? I'm telling you, that is our nation. It's gone from bad now to just flat out in your face evil. And you gotta call it what it is. It's evil. It's demonic. They've ramped it up, okay? We're in a battle. We're gonna learn more about that in a little bit. Let's go to your text. 13 is the verse. So I want you to see what he did. He has five chapters in Ephesians, leads up to it. He gets in the six, and he says, finally. And he gives you three verses of finally, and then he gets to verse 13, and he starts it with the word what? Therefore. And I've told you, anytime you see therefore in the Bible, you've got to ask what that's therefore, therefore, all right? Always, all right? So therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand. Let's break it down. Here he goes, five chapters, leads in the finally. He says, finally. Then he starts verse 13 by saying, listen to me. I have told you finally, these are three things you gotta, you gotta do. All right, so you got it? All right, therefore, therefore, since you got it, here we go. It's like, I've given you some time to get ready. I've got you to verse 10, and I told you what you need to do finally. Finally, do you understand finally what I'm saying? Son, look at me. Daughter, look at me. Finally, do you understand what I've said? I understand. All right. Are you in Christ? Are you in his mighty power? Do you know he's scheming? Do you know you're in a battle? Yes. All right, therefore, here we go. You see what he does? Look what he's doing. He said, what his, his subtitle is Armor of God. Why don't he just start with the armor? <laughs> uh, you ain't ready for no armor. He can't just start with armor. Let's just take a seventh grade kid going out for football. He ain't even put a helmet on in his life except the day before, all right? So here he is on the sideline. He don't know football from Sikkim, all right? And he's got his pads on, his pants on, got his helmet on. He's probably looking through his ear hole because he don't know where to look, but he got to straighten that face mask. And all of a sudden, the guy that he backs up goes down. And the coach says, Get in there. <laughs> he don't even know how to spell football if he gave him all the letters. He don't even know which way to go. If they hand the ball, he's going to go the other way. He don't know what he's doing. 
Why put armor on somebody that shouldn't have armor on? Why put armor on a lost person? They don't know what to do with that. He tries to tell us why we need armor, what we're up against. And then he gets to therefore. Therefore, here we go. You ready? You ready, church? Because here we go. Here's what he says. Put the whole armor on. Why, you might ask? Because so that when the day of evil comes. When, not if, not if it comes, but when it comes. Are you still over here going, well, if it comes, anybody still think it's not here yet? The day of evil has come. The day of evil has landed on this turf. You say, oh, that's always gonna happen in those other countries, but that won't happen in America. Hello, it's here. And it's not just here, it's probably gonna stay. You say, well, that's not a lot of good news there, Jeff. I'm just telling you, when the day of evil comes, this is not if it comes, but when it comes. This is why you need the armor. This is why you better be in Christ. This is why you gotta be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is why you gotta understand schemes. This is why you gotta understand them when they're bad. Why? Because not if the day of evil comes, but when it comes. And my friend is here. Evil has come. Demonic stuff has come. You can't look at that and go, well, that guy had a bad day. No, every bit of this was intentionally done. It's evil. It comes from evil. It is evil. Evil has come. So when you look at John 16, 33, Jesus says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Look at the verbiage. Paul is saying in verse 10, you got to be in the Lord. Jesus says in John 16, 33, I've told you this stuff. I told you evil was coming, not if, but when. I told you this is not your home you're passing through. I told you don't hug the world because this is not your house. I told you in this world right here, you're going to have trouble. They're not going to be your friend. This going, you're going to have hard days. Well, I thought if I got, became a Christian, it'd be easy. Then a lot of people in the Bible need an apology. Listen to me. Jesus says, I've told you these things so we have peace. Where? In me. In this world, all right, you will have trouble. Amen. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Listen to me. The day of evil will come. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But take peace in me. Take heart, I've overcome the world. And with me, you're overcoming. In me, you're overcoming. With my mighty power working inside of you, you're overcoming. With my mighty power living in me, you'll see a scheme, call it a scheme, not fall for it. You'll understand you're in a battle. Not if, but when, my friends. Please understand that. So what else does he say? So when the day of evil comes, we got that, you may be able to what? Stand your ground. Stand your ground. Can I just tell you something right now? If you're wearing a jersey, uh-huh, and it's got Jesus on it, you've been born again, been scripturally baptized, and filled with the Holy Spirit, you're wearing the jersey of Jesus, you can't trade that in. You can't change teams because it gets tough. Listen, camp t-shirts are cute. They last about two weeks. Okay, honk if you love Jesus is one intersection to the next, okay? 
But this thing right now is a battle. If your name is in Christ and you're in Christ, you're wearing a jersey, there are no free agents, my friend. You will not change teams. You better stand your ground. There are sometimes sand, grant, uh, lines in sand, but this is not lying in sand. This line in concrete, unmovable, unmovable. You got to decide what tide you're on. Look at the word stand. The word stand simply means this, to have or maintain an upright position. Not a wet pretzel, good pretzel. Whoa, go, baby. Stand up straight, all right? You got to be upright. You got to stand. You can't cower out, bow out, duck and run. No. I'm wearing the jersey of the risen king, and I'm a king's kid. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. If you shoot me between my eyes, so be it. My address is in heaven, but I love Jesus, and I'm not bound to you. You will stand your ground in an upright position. You do not slump over because you, you serve the risen king. It's an attitude towards a particular issue or a position to take. Listen to me. I, I said earlier, there, there are issues out there. there, are, there they are dressed in verbiage in ways that are sneaky. It would be very sneaky. They try to suck you in. You've got to decide who you are before you go. You've got to have resolve. Resolve. That means I know before I go. You can't wait to know after you go. You can't wait to figure out what you're going to do in this situation. Before you ever get there, you know who you are. It's unmovable. I don't move. I know who I am. I don't change. I know who he is. That's the stand you got to do. You got to stand your ground. And you got to take your position. And sometimes, I want to share something with you. Sometimes your position may be all by yourself. Listen to me. You got to stand your ground. Let's look at some scripture. Go to 1 Corinthians first. 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Look at verse 1 and 2. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 and 2. Brothers, I do not address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready for it. <laughs> that is not a compliment. All right? Go to Hebrews. Go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 5. Verse 11, Hebrews 5, 11. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn, not a compliment. In fact, though by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Verse 13, anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish, watch this church, to distinguish between what? Good 
from evil. What's gonna help you in this world of the battle to distinguish good and evil? You better eat solid food. Many of us have been saved for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And if you were honest, you'd say this, I'm pretty much at the same place I was when I got saved. It's not good. It's not good. Why are you still on the bottle when you should be on roasting potatoes and ribeyes? Listen to me. If we went to our preschool area right now and we walked in the room with toddlers, you just sit in the corner and watch toddlers walk all together. It's just flat funny. You got the kid that's doing pretty good. He's doing fine as long as no traffic, but he runs into another toddler. They both crash and burn. If you want to really have a lot of fun, volunteer in toddlers. And they're all walking out in the middle trying to figure out how to walk with their muscles and new body. And you just go, and they just wipe out. It's just like, it's just fun, all right? But why do they walk that way? They're just on milk. Y'all think, my pastor's a bully. No, I'm serious. <laughs> Listen to me. They're babies. They're on milk. Their muscles, bone structure, everything's not strong yet. They're growing into ribeyes. They're growing in the roasting potatoes, but they're not there yet. So they tip over easy, all right? They're infants. But after they get grown, okay, don't tip over as easy. Listen, I used to tip bread over too. My son, Brett's a big old hombre right now. I couldn't tip him over if I tried. If I got some friends, we couldn't tip him over. Why? He eats a lot of ribeyes. <laughs> he eats a lot of roast, all right? Trust me, a lot of roast, okay? So listen to me. The more you eat of solid food, the stronger you get. If you're staying on the bottle, you're just a baby. Babies are fall for schemes. Babies don't good, do good in battles. You don't take babies to battles. You take grown men, warriors to battle. Some of us are still infants in Christ and we've been saved a long time. That is not a compliment. We need to be on solid food, my friend. We need to be on solid food. Listen to me. You've got to begin to grow from milk to solid food. I mean, you've got to eat the word of the Lord. Listen to me. Every sunrise that you get is an invitation from God to meet with him. He is the bread of life. He said he became the word and dwelt among us. He wants to feed us. We have so much word right here. We got word everywhere. We got word on the phone. We got word on our laptops. We have word everywhere. There's enough worship out there today. You could download enough worship to sink the ark. I mean, you could play worship, worship, worship all the time. You can pray, worship, and read the Word all the time if you want to. And many believers don't do it. This is the only 30 minutes of the Word they ever get. And I appreciate you following me in the Word. I appreciate you bringing the Word. But if I'm the only 30 minutes of eating you get a week, you're toast. You're just toast. I, I appreciate you love me. I appreciate you love my teaching. But I'm going to tell you something. If you don't learn to feed yourself, you're in trouble. Listen, there ain't a mama at the University of Texas Tech in a dorm room. There ain't a mama there. There ain't a whole bunch of kids that go off to college and the mamas go with them. That's just flat embarrassing. Your mama don't go to college with you, meaning when you leave mom and dad, you better learn how to eat on your own because I'm not going to go feed you. If you ain't taught your student by the time they come to your house for 18 years how to feed out of God's word and worship on their own, they're... College is going to eat them up. 
the enemy going to lay schemes for them, and they're going to walk right into them. Why? Because you had them on the bottle too long, and they don't know how to eat solid food. Don't answer questions for your students. Send them to the Word. You say, I want you to go sit in the Word and worship and ask the Father what he's saying about it. Don't answer for them. We have got to eat. Mom and dad, you've got to model eating the bread of life for your kids. We got too many, too many believers in the church thinking just coming to church is going to get it done. It's not going to get it done. That's good attendance, but you're not, attendance ain't going to help you. It's not going to help you. So you say, Jeff, why does people stay on the milk and not on solid food? What's the reasons that happens? Well, I can, I can, I can tell you there's a lot of smoke out there, but I've kind of boiled it down over the years to two reasons. I think there's two reasons people who are believers stay on milk and not solid food, okay? Number one, <laughs> they're not saved. Can I just say something to you? I believe there's a lot of adults today who because they go to church and they do a lot of good things and they have good manners, they think they're good enough to go to heaven. But if good enough gets get you to heaven, Jesus would have never had to do the cross. You've gotta be born again. You can't try harder. You can't turn over a new leaf. You can't, you can't, you can't try to be better than your neighbor or your person next door you or the person at work. You've gotta be born again. If you take a really nice vehicle and you pump some really good gas into it and that vehicle doesn't do anything, Guess what? You better pop the hood. Many of us, if we pop the hood, our outside looks real good. We're connected to worship and the word, and we've got a great church, and we're getting fed, but we're not going anywhere. Why? Because our engine, the hardware to make it go, our engine is bad. We don't have the capability inside of us to make the engine go. If you don't have the capability inside of you, the Holy Spirit living inside of you through salvation, it doesn't matter what you eat, you're not going. The best you can do is sputter. And you better hope all, everybody catches up with you in a sputter because you can't go. And many of us are trying to be vehicles that look good on the outside, that attend real good, but we can't go anywhere because the hardware inside of us is broke and messed up. And the reason it's broke is it's not in the Lord. You're with the Lord, but you're not in the Lord. And if you're not in the Lord, it doesn't matter what kind of gas you put in it, it's not going anywhere. So a lot of people stay on the milk and not solid food because why? <laughs> because they're still babies. They ain't even been born again. They got one birthday, but they don't have two. Second reason is simply this, neglect. Just neglect. Listen to me, if you attend here on a regular basis, whoo, you're fed. You're fed. You gotta learn to feed on your own. You're where you are spiritually because of you. And you're not where you are spiritually because of you. Proverbs 24, verse 30, I won't go there. But you need to look at it. A little sleep and a little slumber, a little folding of hands, and poverty will come on you. Casual neglect will lead to catastrophic loss in every area of your life. Casual neglect of your marriage will lead to catastrophic loss. Marriage conference coming up Saturday, October 3rd. Just a quick commercial for that. Pour into it, you'll get more out of it. Neglect it, self-inflicted. 
Word of God. How many more Bibles do you need before you read one? You have Bibles all over the place. How much more worship do you need to grow? How much more prayer can you possibly do? Why are you still where you are? It's only two reasons. Number one, either you're, you're lost, you're feeding something that can't grow, or number two, you're born again, child of God, but you're not in the Word. You're not feeding on the Word. You're not, you're not eating the bread of life. If you don't eat good, you won't grow up good. If you don't eat, Rabbi, you're not going to get strong. So it's only two things. You're neglecting worship, word, and prayer, and you are scrawny like you are because scrawny is what you get for. That's what you're going for. If you think scrawny is attractive, then be scrawny. Scrawny is not attractive. Get in the word, grow. He says, when the day of evil comes, not if, then he says, stay in your ground. How do you stay in your ground? Get off the milk, get on solid food, or you're gonna tip over and knock you over. And then he says, after you've done everything, after you've done everything, after you've done everything, stand. Commander, we're taking on bullets, man. We gotta, no, we gotta get out of the foxhole. We gotta run. We gotta retreat, retreat, retreat. Commander says, nope. Stay in your foxhole. Stay on the line. Don't give up turf. You fight. We're gonna get killed. We're not gonna get killed. We're not gonna get killed. Go to James real fast. Go to James chapter one. Verse six, but when he asks, he must believe, not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea. He's blown and tossed by the wind. That man or woman should not think he should receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man or woman, unstable in all he or she does. Let me make a statement to you. You need to remember this statement. Faith stands still. Listen to me. Faith stands still. You get a word from God, you stand on that word. I'm standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Many people have heard a word from God and they stood in it for a little bit, then they gave up on God because God didn't do it on their time. If God speaks it, you stand on it until God speaks different, period. Stand on his promise. You say, well, pastor, you taught us that faith is stepping where there's no step and God will make a step. That's a different step. I'm telling you right now, when Moses stood before the Red Sea, he stood and looked at that Red Sea first with them coming behind him. He stood and looked at it. And then God said, by faith, hold up the staff. And when he held it up, sea parted. Some of us have been given a word by God about something in our marriage, for our kids, for our life, for our, for, for our job, for this. And we heard God. We know we heard God. God said it. God said it. God said it. But we only, we, we're giving up on it. We quit on it. We, God didn't move. God didn't do it. Now I'm changing my mind. Now I'm not going to stand. Somebody's trying to talk you out of the fact that you, you didn't hear God. Did you hear God or did you not hear God? 
If God said it, you stand on it. By faith, you stand there until God says, move. And when God says, move, you move. When God called me to senior pastor, I knew when I was at Quail Creek, God called me to senior pastor. I knew that, all right? I knew that. My pastor at that time knew that, saw that in me, all right? All I knew was that was what God called me to do, but God did not open up a door. So for two years or more, I sat on that promise. I sat on that word from God. Now, my pastor would come to me and some of his hombres, and they'd say, you know, Jeff, uh, Dr. Coffee, and write a letter and put it with your resume and farm you out to some churches. Let me interpret that for you. We want you out of here real fast. That's what that means. You see, man does not direct my steps. God directs my steps. And when God said, this is what I have for you, wait for me, I stood on that promise and I waited. And then God opened the door and I came out here. When God speaks it, you stand on it. Somebody in this audience or more need to hear the fact that faith stands still because you're losing hope. You're starting to give up. You're starting to waver. You're starting to give ground. You think God's changed his mind. You think God forgot you. You think God's, you didn't hear God. The devil's scheming on you to say, that wasn't God. That was bad pizza and Dr. Pepper. And you're saying, no, I heard God. If you heard God, stand on it and don't waver. I'm convinced that many people are one prayer away from a breakthrough. One prayer away. They stop one prayer too short. They say, well, you need to pray about it. I've already prayed about it. God didn't do anything. Pray one more time. I believe many people are one worship encounter away from having freedom in their life. Come into an opportunity to worship one more time and God's gonna set you free. For some of you in this room, your encounter with God in worship needs to happen in your own house. You need to get just absolutely crazy with the Lord and start dancing for him when no one's watching. It won't be pretty, and that's why you'll do it at the house, all right? But you need to dance because in your dancing for the Lord as David did, he'll set you free. And some of you need to be free. Faith stands still. Jesus says, when the day of evil comes, when it comes, I want you, my child, to stand your ground. But listen to me, child, when it gets tough, when you start taking bullets, when you start taking it, I want you to do this. When you've done everything, child, I want you to stand. I want you to stand. I'm gonna invite you to stand. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come on up. If you're part of the ministry team this morning, I'm gonna invite you to come down. Here's the simple truth this morning. Next week, we put armor on. We start piece number one. We don't need to be putting on any armor until we take care of these four verses. He said, finally, be strong in the Lord. Be filled with his spirit. The schemes out there, they're schemes. They're for you to fall into traps to get you. He said, listen to me. It's, gonna, it's a battle. There's a battle out there. I'm coming to kill, steal, and destroy you. And then he says, therefore, when it comes, not if it comes, but when it comes, 
I need you, child of God, to stand your ground. I need you to resolve this, okay? Before you go, no. And then he says, once you stand your ground, when it gets tough, I need you to stand. I need you to stand. Some of you, mm, don't lose heart. Keep the faith. What you heard from God, still true. What God spoke over you, still there. You gotta believe again. You gotta trust him. You gotta press in. Don't give up on God. Stand on his promise, because he's not gonna start breaking promises just because you were hatched. If he spoke it, you stand on it. This morning, you do what the Holy Spirit said this morning. That's all you're accountable for. That's all you're responsible for. All the obedience is just what you heard from the Spirit this morning for you. That's all I'm asking you. For the other side of obedience is always blessing. So bless yourself today. I'll be obedient. Father, we love you. By your Holy Spirit, God, you have spoken. You have spoke our name above all the other names in this house. God, right now is an opportunity for us to be obedient, obedient to you. But God, on the other side of obedience, all you wanna do is bless us. So God, may we reward ourselves by being obedient to you. God, give us strength by the power of the Holy Spirit to do what we heard this morning. In Christ's name, amen. As we worship, you respond to the Lord. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram by using the church at Bushland and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 